Welcome to Season 2 of IVF Tales. I'm your new host, Simone. Massive shout out to Tiff and Amy for starting this podcast. It's been an absolute privilege to have the opportunity to continue. I wish them well and thank you again for allowing me to take over. On this first episode of Season 2, I'm going to share my own IVF journey with the help of my husband, Stuart. So Stuart and I, we met 11 years ago. At Birdies, yeah. (laughs) We were married in 2016. And after we got married, we decided we were pretty keen to start a family. Yep. Um, I came off the pill um, that I'd been on for probably five or six years prior. Long time. And we, yeah, for a good year, we just had sex and a lot of sex. Um, Well, I don't know if it was a lot, but it was there. (laughs) I was um, tracking my cycle. I was doing ovulation sticks. We were, yeah, doing timed intercourse. There was a bit of forced sex there. I'm sure other people can relate to that. Um, Yeah. And And look, I just have to say, I mean, it wasn't like it was force, force, but it was to a timetable and it it, do, it took the fun out of it, didn't it? It Definitely was sort took of, the fun out of it. It yeah. actually wasn't enjoyable. We didn't really have a fun time. And, you know, sometimes you come home from work and all you want to do is put your feet up, play some Xbox or chill out. And it's like, hurry up, get on me. And uh, <laughs> it just took the fun out. Like, yeah, it, was, <clears throat> it wasn't glamorous or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, after a year of trying ourselves, um, absolutely nothing happened Mm. so Stuart came to me and oh yeah and I think so uh yeah I guess I suggested I should probably go and get tested I'm yeah my memories like I said not 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 great but I do yeah I said to someone I should go and get tested because I think there could be a problem uh I was born how nine weeks premature yeah Stuart was born at 30 weeks gestation um and he also he had two undescended testes um, which wasn't, he didn't have the surgery until he was about four. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. So there was those, those known issues there. Uh, and uh, to be honest, I mean, look for what it matters. I'd, I'd never had any pregnancy scares ever before. So I just, I don't know. I guess I presumed I was pretty normal, whatever. But because nothing happened in that year, I, I said, you know, let's go and get tested. So I went for a sperm test. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess someone can tell you about that side. I mean... The technical side, and I'll tell you how I felt, I guess. Yeah, so I organized a sperm analysis through my GP just to sort of see where we were at. Um, so Stuart did that, and I remember he got a phone call from the GP clinic saying the doctor would like to come in for him to discuss results. And Stuart just thought, oh, yeah, like they do that for everyone. And I, I said to Stuart, no, no, they only do that when results are abnormal. So we both mm. went in to discuss these results um, and our GP just said to Stuart um, that his sperm count is 1 million per mil um, with 1.5 mil in total. Yeah, so not so the quantity there was, was very small and the, the quality was exceptionally small as well. So I'll talk a little bit about sperm counts. I mean, like, yeah, right. Well, someone's looking at me. Anyways, right. So the way it works is, uh, it's, you know, so obviously zero is your shooting blanks, right? Uh, nothing there. And then so it goes on a scale from one to 14, right? And so anything uh, less than, anything less than 14 is considered no 20. Well, they told, well, from what I remember, they said it was anything less than 14 was uh, abnormal, was a low sperm count. And anything above that was normal, or maybe it was 20, something like that. Uh, but basically, I was one step away from being nearly infertile, so that was a real blow to me as a you know a red blooded Aussie male. I, I you know I'm a tradesperson. I was uh, in the military as well, which I've continued to do so, and that was a real hit to my male, uh, I guess you could say ego, or I don't know, just how I felt. That was at the time it didn't really sink in, did it? Yeah, I don't think to me when our GP said that I just 
my heart sank and I just straight away knew we're going to need help um, and we're going to need to do IVF. I, and I just, I burst into tears. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that because I was sitting there going, oh yeah, like it's pretty, it's low. And then I looked to my left and Simone was bawling her eyes out, you know, blowing her nose and was very upset. And I just couldn't work it out. I was like, why? It's just, it's just the result. And uh, I think obviously she knew what was going on. The GP knew what was going on. Uh, and then... I guess it all hit me after. I remember walking out. You remember walking outside? Mm, and you just burst into tears. Yeah. yeah. And it hit we me just, like a brick. Yeah. We just hugged each other and cried. And yeah, because I think we knew we were about to start on an IVF journey. Mm. Yeah. It's just such a big hit. I'm sure there are other blokes out there. I don't know how what they felt, but I'm sure they felt similar to be told that their equipment, you know, while it looks good and it feels good and <laughs> it does the main things it's actually not that when you're you trying know. to have a baby it doesn't yeah. doesn't work how you want it anyway enough yeah. of that enough of um that. so our gp referred us to a fertility specialist here on the gold coast um so i rung them up pretty much straight away sent the referral and i think we saw them so that was september 2017 we saw our gp i think within a few weeks we were seeing um their fertility specialist um so we arrived there not really knowing what to expect no we didn't know um all we really had to go off was a low sperm count we didn't have any other evidence of infertility um so we both just had the basic um infertility uh screening so we both just had more bloods done i think they repeated Stuart's sperm analysis just to double check yeah they um, did I'm, I'm, i remember i think i remember doing a few yeah no i did because that really low one came back and then i waited obviously didn't ejaculate uh and then i recorded a slightly higher remember i got a count of three I remember. oh that's right i think I got, it was it ended up this the second one with the fertility specialist was maybe 3.5 million yeah it was tiny per mil which, which is which is still me, which is still it. it might as well be yeah a zero because it's compared to a normal sperm count, it was still very, very yeah, low. Really low. Um, I had a bunch of investigations on, I think, just some bloods and whatnot, and nothing was really abnormal for me. Um, so our fertility specialist said, Look, let's just go down the IVF path, it should be really easy. Um, retrieve the eggs, um, put the eggs, sperm together, it should be really easy. Create some embryos, put an embryo back in. Yeah, it all seemed pretty um, simple. I, oh, that's right. I had a really good AMH. I think it was 27.5. And I remember our fertility specialist mm. saying to me, Simone, you have a shitload of eggs. Yeah, that, those were um, the words. So that was... He was like, no, no, it's yeah. a shitload. Yes. Um, so, yeah, off off we went. Um, I think he activated us for an IVF cycle. So within... A few weeks, um, yeah, we were looking at uh, the a treatment planner and how much it was going to cost. Oh, I think oh, it yeah. was like, I remember reading $12,500 for that, just for an initial cycle. Yeah. Nothing <clears throat> was guaranteed. This it is was early just, days. This here, is the... oh, pay man. your twelve and a half grand and you may get a baby. Yeah, that was uh, yeah a, that was it's a just, yeah. Um, so we started the first um, IVF cycle. It was all pretty straightforward. I remember doing bloods on day, bloods in a scan, sorry, on day two to make sure I was at baseline. Um, started the injections um, to sti- uh, stimulate my follicles. And um, day nine, I think I went back for another scan and bloods everything was looking really good i think the plan was maybe day 11 day 12 was um the plan for an egg pickup so i triggered 36 hours prior to that egg pickup um using ovidrill and yeah it was very straightforward i remember feeling excited because i thought awesome like this sounds really straightforward um and yeah we got to the day of egg pickup and i remember feeling really full and bloated anyway we went in um 
and it was a really straightforward procedure. It was under um, anesthetic, so I was mm. put to sleep. My lovely fertility specialist held my hand as I went under. Um, and I woke up um, in recovery and I remember looking at my hand oh, that's because right. that's where they, they write um, the amount of eggs retrieved. They put it on your hand. So I remember um, seeing the number 23. I remember walking in and the first thing you did was, was hold your hand up with tears in your eyes yes. going, and, we, and 23, babe. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we were pretty, pretty stoked for, yeah, 23 eggs to be retrieved. Um, I think I felt a bit nauseous. I was in a bit of pain. I probably had some Zofran, maybe a couple of Panadine, Ford or Endone. And yeah, went home and yeah, was feeling all right. I think we were pretty hopeful. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to my fertility, um, IVF nurse that day and I said, oh, I'd got 23 eggs. And she was like, oh, you know, that's really awesome. But just remember, you know, that count will dwindle off as the days go by. Um, so I think we got a call that afternoon to say 19 were yeah, mature. Yeah, 19. Um, and they were going to be um, fertilized with ICSI. So I thought, well, that's pretty cool, 19. Sounds awesome. Um, the next day, got a phone call to say that um, only nine had fertilized. So already we'd lost over half. And I thought, oh, wow, this is what the, the nurse was talking about, mm. is to to start with so many and, yeah, to already lose half so quickly. Um, so each day we got those phone calls uh, with the update from the lab um, just to say how our embryos were going. Um, yeah, I remember I was feeling, yeah, I was bloated. I was constipated. Um, but I felt, I felt okay. So we were lucky enough on day five, we were able to do a fresh transfer. Um, so we did a fresh transfer, um, and we were able to freeze, um, another two embryos. So that was pretty cool. I thought not a bad outcome so during that two-week wait um yeah we were excited we were nervous we thought surely you know why wouldn't it work um it was all pretty straightforward until about I think day seven or day eight I I started bleeding and I thought oh what is this and I spoke to my fertility nurse and I said you know I'm bleeding like should I just stop taking all the medications um what should I do and she said look crazy things have happened like we'd rather you just continue taking everything until you come in and have day have bloods on day 11 anyway so I was bleeding and it just felt like my period yet I kept taking the estrogen and progesterone um until going in and having bloods on day 11 um and unfortunately uh, that HCG level, yeah, was zero, which is sort of what we were expecting. Um, so yeah, oh, I was devastated. I was so upset. It's I like, even, I, I just can't remember it, but I remember the entire, the whole process being very, um, uh, emotionally tough. Yeah. I think because you just think it was going to be so straightforward and to have, I don't know. I just thought surely it would happen. work. And surely it, anyway, it, happen. it, it yeah. didn't. So um, we enjoyed Christmas and New Year and we were keen to start um, another cycle. So we um, did another frozen embryo transfer. Um, it was very straightforward, nothing out of the ordinary. And once again, uh, a big fat negative. Did I go to view any of those ones when they... I think Which you, one did I view? I think you <clears throat> went to one. It might have been the first one. I think it was. And you said to me, I can't do that again. No, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't. It was so hard. Um, you were all hopeful and stuff and you were like, hey, babe, like, look at the screen. I could see this gray screen and the probe apparently doing the thing. And it was just nearly, sh- it just shattered me. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. Like I was nearly in tears and I actually had to leave. And I sort of vowed that I wouldn't, wouldn't go back anymore because that's my job. You know what I mean? I, I was supposed to be man enough to be able to, you know, get, get my wife pregnant and I couldn't, I couldn't bear to watch a, basically a doctor do what I thought that I should be able to. So 
Yeah, I, I, actually, I chose not to go to any more egg transfers after yeah. that. So I went to, uh, yeah, after that, I think I went to all of, yeah, I did. I went to all the embryo transfers on my own, which was fine. I mean, it's a quick procedure. You, yeah. Um, yeah, so going on. So we did, yeah, the second embryo transfer negative. Um, we did another one. So that was with our last embryo from that first egg pickup. Still very straightforward and nothing. Um, no embryos left. We went back to our fertility specialist um, and just said, what, what, what next? And he said, look, let's do a laparoscopy mm. and a hysteroscopy um, just to see what's going on, if there's anything else we can find. Um, we'll also do a biopsy for natural killer cells. So I always thought, yep, cool, let's do that. Now, was that the time that we needed to borrow money? Uh, great question. I think so. I remember, I think it was, I think we raised the funds for the first one. Yeah. So we found that the second one, we were like, oh, mom, dad. Yeah. So I think we, we asked both parents if, um, I think we had a few thousand in the bank ready to go, but we needed, we needed three or three or four grand just for the, um, for the surgery. And then we knew to do another egg pickup, it was going to be another 12 and a half thousand. The surgery you had was five and a half. Oh, was it? Yeah. Cause I remember, cause I had the funds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And then we did have to ask uh, our very, very kind parents on both sides to help us in our, in our journey to have a baby. And there were conversations had, uh, you know, whether how serious we were, yeah. could we pay them back when could we pay them back it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't too heavy duty not in that regard but certainly whether we were serious about it and yeah anyway yeah like anyway our parents were very kind and they helped us out so yeah. we, we thank them for that I mean, you know yeah mm. um so i had the laparoscopy and hysteroscopy um which was timed with my cycle um just to see if there was the elevated natural killer cells Mm. Um, so went in for that surgery under or did general... you, talk, you talked about the natural killer cells? I'm about to. All oh, right, yeah. Um, I'm seeing them. So came out of that, and I remember having three keyholes, and that meant if you, there was three, it meant they found something, or if it was two, it meant that they had a look, but there was nothing there. So I thought, okay, I've got something. I remember briefly chatting to my fertility specialist after the surgery and recovery and he said a couple of things um but it wasn't until I saw him a week later um that I really understood what he'd found so he did find some mild endometriosis which I I thought I was completely asymptomatic for um he also found some adhesions which he had um gotten rid of and I did have high natural killer cells Mm. at 25 percent so I think normal was under maybe 12 or 15 percent so anyway mine were high okay i remember i i do remember uh you know when they found the endometriosis and the adhesions and the high natural killer cells i was like fuck like you know it was probably sort of so much more issues from nowhere hey and probably some of that pressure was taken off you because it was like oh well simone has a few Mm -hmm. issues now it's not but i never thought of me i never thought yeah true true that was never something that i considered and I, I think I do remember being it's like, holy shit, there's so much more to this now. Mm. I think, you know, yeah. like it was, we were just like, fuck. Yeah. So we, I think the following month, we did another egg pickup. Um, I did a different trigger. So instead of doing Ovidrill, we did um, Decapep. Peptil, I think it's called. No, no. Um, it was all very straightforward. We managed to get twenty-seven eggs. Let's and I not say it was straightforward. Remember, that all of your... cycle was straightforward. <laughs> the in terms crazy of, hormones. Oh yeah, but in terms of the crying at the <laughs> kitchen not being cleaned and oh my god. In terms of the medical side of things and reacting to the drugs and taking the drugs, it was all very straightforward. So we got twenty-seven eggs which was really cool. Once again, we got that, um, the following day we got the phone call about how many were fertilized and it was nine. 
Nine seems to be the number for how many fertilized. So we lost a lot overnight. Um, but as the days went by, we actually managed to get five to day five and that were able to be transferred or frozen. So that was pretty cool. We did consider doing um, PGS, but we didn't because I remember the scientists saying, look, they're a bit fragile. Their structure's not great. Probably wouldn't recommend it. So we didn't, but we did do a fresh transfer and we froze the other four. Um, I was on an immune protocol for the natural killer cells. Um, so pregnisolone, aspirin, clexane. Um, yeah, so we did a fresh transfer. Um, I think we got to day eight post and I started bleeding again. And one, it was just so shit it was just so annoying and the bloods confirmed um another negative result um i remember i mean we could talk about the actual when we got notified of this you know i mean it was always on the phone oh yeah waiting for those phone calls was the worst day Uh, and you just you go in and have bloods early and then you're just at home and your heart is literally in your stomach waiting for a phone call to tell you whether you're pregnant or not. And, oh, it's just sickening to, I can't even explain that feeling Mm. waiting for that phone call. And you just don't know if it's good news or bad news. And mm. yeah, no, it was not good. It's not good at all. So we moved on from that uh transfer so i think that was probably our must be our fourth so we just thought radio might as well do another embryo transfer um still on the immune protocol um and i think it ended up being a double transfer um as in we put in two yeah we put in two you sure yeah because i remember i I think (laughs) i think i actually filled not, I didn't fill the format incorrectly, but I think I confused how I'd written the form and that actually thawed two embryos when I think they were meant to only thaw one. So I actually had to call Stuart moments before our transfer to double check he was okay with that. The fertility specialist said, yep, let's do it because, um, you know, why not? You want to get pregnant. So we did a double transfer. Um, and I actually, yeah, there was no bleeding this time. And I actually got all the way to day 11, um, to have the, the bloods done. And once again, big fat negative. So I'm not one to, to test, um, prior to doing the official blood test. So I know a lot of Hang women on. will. Are you sure about that? Because oh, I remember. Look, I think, no, no, I'm getting to that. I, I think I did it once. Tests, no. A lot. That was, no, no, not not this early on. So I would have no idea if I was pregnant or not. So this time I thought I'd felt nothing. I wasn't bleeding. Maybe I was actually pregnant, but no, I wasn't. So we got another negative result. When was um, this? What time of year was this? Oh God, I can't remember. This was, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so too many, there was too I many think, knockbacks to roll them all, you know, so to separate I think from after that one, we sort of thought, okay, there must be something else going on because I never got a positive pregnancy test, even any bit of a HCG level. It was just zero, 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 zero. Um, went back to my fertility specialist and we had a chat and I said, what else can we do? Um, I actually, I remember going back in there. This must've been the time when there hadn't sort of been any real significant change to the treatment program. And I said to the doctor, I was like, mate, you, you need to make a change. Like you've got to make a course correction here because all we're doing is the same thing again and again and again. And I was like, you know, in any other line of work, you'd try something new. And I was like pretty frustrated with him. You know, I didn't think that he wasn't, couldn't, he wasn't good at his job or anything, but I'm like, mate, like you have th- to try something new. Cause I typically didn't, I didn't talk much in these things, did I? Yeah. I and I think you day. were just showing your frustration because so annoying. in my eyes, like we, 
things did change. Like we would do a few transfers and then feel feel like, okay, what's next? What's next? And then finally we were at the point where we were like, okay, really, what is next? And I think Stuart had hit his point where he was like, no, really, what are we doing different? So we did a test called a DQ alpha gene match that involved both of us getting a blood test um, just to see if we were a partial or a full match. So pretty much for anyone who doesn't understand what the hell we're talking about in plain English. So you means money (laughs) means trips to Melbourne. (laughs) So a, a DQ alpha gene. So everyone has their own reproductive genes. So we both had this panel of genes tested to see if we were a partial partial or a full match. And what it meant that if you were a partial or a full match, it pretty much meant that um, your body, so as a woman, your body was attacking these embryos because Mm. it would see um, the embryo or the sperm as a foreign object of itself. Um, and and no, we like, see it as a bad cell, like an enemy, sort of as thing. an enemy, like, and yeah, would attack like a virus, it. Virus, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So because because it was too similar, mm. so we did we did that. I remember test. when that happened, right? When we mm. found this out, and we were like, "What the fuck else can go wrong at this point?" <laughs> remember that? And yes. we were just like, "Not only was my sperm, oh, you haven't even talked about the quality when you found that out." Huh. Uh, tell them though. <laughs> But I remember hearing about this matched DQ alpha gene where Simone's body was, you know, effectively killing my sperm and embryos DNA basically was that, yeah, we were like, what, what the hell else could go wrong? But I was like, yeah. you know, not only we kind of like felt like we were never destined to have a kid because of the fact that my sperm was so, the count was so low and the quality wasn't, the quality wasn't good at all. It was okay, but it wasn't great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and that Simone had had the, like the physical things with the adhesions uh, and the endo, which all got cleared up. Uh, and then it was just this another thing. It was just like fuel to the fire, I guess. Yeah, you know, it just, it just kicking us when we were down. It felt like it just kept going. Like it wasn't yeah. straightforward and it was just one thing after the other. Um, so we found out we were a, um, a partial DQ alpha gene match. And I remember getting an email from my fertility specialist, one of his nurses, um, um, that we were a partial match and that we had been referred to a fertility specialist in Melbourne. And we I like, just... We were like, this is good and bad because... Yeah. We were like, fuck, uh, you know, what's what's the outcome to all of this? But then we were like, Melbourne. So yeah, I think I was... Not that we like Melbourne. Yeah. However, it was just, I mean, we thought... Oh, An excuse to sort of go and have a little, little weekend holiday. away or something yeah. together. Um, that was one, I guess, one takeaway of it. Yeah, but I think as well, I sort of thought, wow, okay, maybe we do have all the answers and we just need to get a new treatment plan to tick all the boxes. Um, but it was still shit because we spent so much money. I think it was $500 just to talk to the fertility specialist. No, no it was more like 600 Oh, maybe, so probably. Much just for like how just, long? Just, like to, a have a, phone call just to have a, a quick phone call. But he was great. He was awesome. Um, and he just said, look, when you're ready to come down and have some treatment for that, um, let us know. I'll book you in with the nurses and we'll go from there. I remember like hearing, I was like, why is this only available in Melbourne? Yes. And it was just at a pathologist. And I'm like, yes. why don't they have this in the other states? Why isn't it here? It's just a blood thing. There's yes. so many blood yeah. places. and. Uh, yeah, just everywhere else wasn't willing to take on DQ Alpha because the science was like not confirmed yeah. or something. And there was one doctor in Melbourne who was like, no, no, like I'll do this yeah. testing. And there's this, a doctor in Melbourne and there's a doctor in Sydney, but we just got referred to the, to the doctor in Melbourne. Um, so the treatment in Melbourne is called LMIT, uh, lymphocyte membrane, membrane immunotherapy. I'm glad you can remember all these words. <laughs> I know, it just, just came Saturday back to me. Night. I know, it just came back to me. So pretty much what we had to do, um, Stuart and I had to fly down to Melbourne together. Yeah, trips. Um, 
to it was fun it was exciting it was, it we was like, oh, the first time was we booked, fun we booked like <laughs> little nights out and we stayed in a hotel and we had a higher car yeah had a few drinks like it was fun so what you've got to realize is and this is for the listeners i suppose you know <laughs> when, when they tell you they say oh hey look your your treatment's going to be down in melbourne that's that you're not just paying for medical treatment you're paying for the flights the hire car, the accommodation, meals. Yeah. Like we just took yeah. an overnight bag. Remember the first time we went down there, it was just, we just got Uber Eats in that little cool apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. fun. Yeah, so anyway, oh, just, uh, it's just so, you just, it feels like you're at the bottom of a mountain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, the and just throwing money at everyone, just yeah. throwing it away. Yep. But. No, well, no, just so much. So much like implied costs. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Enough about money. So we went down to Melbourne for the LMIT. Um, I think we got there on a Thursday afternoon. The treatment was the next day. Um, So what it involved, um, so Stuart that Friday morning got, I think it was 60 mils of blood drawn. It was a lot. It was like eight, eight vials. It was a lot. Yeah. But he was such a soldier. He was just... Like, I think the pathology lady thought you were going to pass out, but you just sat there and she just kept taking your blood. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I am a soldier <laughs> uh, and I'm covered in tattoos. So needles are not, I'm not scared of needles. That's true. So, and it, you know, it's cool. I like blood and guts. <laughs> so he had his blood drawn that morning. Um, and what they did was that blood went to a special lab to be spun and they took uh, the white blood cells out and they made a serum um, that was going to be injected um, into me. So I think that was at like eight o'clock. We left. We did a few fun things. Yeah, that's right. There was oh, always like a the little... escape room. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah. That yeah. was so good. Anyway, sucked. we went... I kind loved of. It. It, was, it was. I mean, so it was good. fun. It was fun if um, you're into them. But yeah, sorry. Mate. Anyway, went back at two p.m. Um, for the actual treatment. Yes. So I remember, yeah, because there was always a weird gap, and you're like, well, yeah, we can't. You had to just sit around. We and, can't go away too far. Yeah. We're, we're gonna go and get some lunch. And I remember, you know, we'd be like, oh, let's go to the pub and have some beers, and go back and get the news, <laughs> or you know, go and have the the uh, the injections, and yeah, sort of just this weird twilight zone of being yeah. stuck in a city you're not familiar with yeah for a three or four hour period and you're like what are we gonna do so we went back to the um clinic at 2 p.m for me to have the treatment so i think there was maybe four syringes that were half a mil full and what the nurse no, did no, was it was 10 no yes yep oh i'm not sure on that yeah no it was 10 I remember, I remember them doing it because they were, they, I remember specifically because it was two lines of five. Oh, actually, yeah, yep. true. Maybe. It was 10 and they would jab it in your skin and then like lift your skin up because it yeah. had to be in a certain skin layer and it couldn't get too deep. And I remember it being really painful for you. It used to sting you. Yeah. Really so it was badly. like under the dermal layer of yeah. skin. So it, um, it felt like bee stings, but I did have, I, I used a, um, a numbing patch. But I don't think I left the numbing patch on long enough so I could still feel it. But it just felt like bee stings and it was in your forearm. So they just did these, um, it just looked like bubbles under your skin. And I reckon they did, I mean, Stuart reckons it It was was 10. 10. It was was way more, it was way more. So the reason they did that was that was a way of my body desensitizing to Stuart's Basically, you're building an immunity, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's like it's like a vaccine, like how topical, right? So uh, you're basically it's like vaccinating your body against uh, my DNA. But what it did was it made Simone's body sort of uh, yeah build up a tolerance, I guess you could yeah. say, because she would sort of like the reason they did it was she would fight my DNA, I guess piece by piece, little by little, and get the tolerance, I guess, for it. Yeah. Is, is how they explain it. And that's how I thought of it anyways. Yeah. So we did that. Um, and oh, I remember starting acupuncture because I was like, what else can I do? Mm. So I think I did a few rounds of acupuncture. That was really interesting. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really, I don't think it did anything for me. It helped me relax. Um, but that's, I think, about it. Some people swear by it, but 
it didn't really do anything. I mean, I didn't get pregnant. From I think we're at the punch, point where we were just way. like, we will try anything. We will try anything. Throw I, it at me. I'll I'm do it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'll maybe I'm remembering things that didn't happen, but I just, I'm pretty sure you were like, Hey babe, can I try this acupuncture thing? And I was like, Oh my God, like what a load of shit. But then I was like, well, I'll do anything to help you at this point. And yeah. you know, and it was, like a case of go get it done if you if you want to do it like let's go do it and mm. let's throw a few more hundred dollar bills at yeah someone. yeah yeah you get some money yeah but it, no it was it was it was yeah it was lovely and therapeutic but look it didn't get me pregnant unfortunately um so i think we were getting ready to do another um embryo transfer so I think we had one or oh that's right no we had two embryos left and we thought you know what all or nothing so we did um, an embryo transfer with two embryos which slightly changed the immune protocol so we, I was on dexamethasone, naltrexone, clexane, aspirin plus all of the other so your estrogen and progesterone and whatnot it was a lot I like there was a lot going on I remember. Uh, medications and drugs being in the fridge and taking it up yeah. like half the fridge and Simone and had, the bathroom yeah she had bruises all over her yeah. from the little injector thing and yeah. I even did it a couple of times because oh yeah you felt like you needed to be involved yeah yeah, yeah. thanks like old style um, and I, <laughs> um, oh, I also did intralipsis as well which was part of the immune protocol with the last um, few transfers um yeah so we did that embryo transfer it was all very straightforward was this after it had been pgs tested no not oh, there yet oh not there yet There's more and um yeah wait, it didn't work more. it didn't work so was another... that the time we were really really devastated was that the time uh remember like no the... i think we're nearly at that we're nearly oh. at our our rock bottom we're not quite at our rock bottom but we're nearly at the rock bottom mm, okay. um so we had, we had no more embryos left and we, That's yeah, a very, I'm sure that we were like, people, I'm sure the listeners, yeah, uh, if you've, you've been, been there, there, if you've been there, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And if you haven't been there, I don't wish that on you. It's, yeah. so, it's such a terrible feeling. It's shit. So the last thing we thought, the last thing we thought was, okay, surely we've covered everything maybe we need to do PGS. Maybe we need to just make sure the only embryos we are transferring are normal. So that was our intention with our next egg pickup is to only transfer PGS normal um, embryos. And for who, if you don't know what I'm talking about, PGS stands for pre-implantation genetic screening. Have other guests on the show? Yeah. I've talked about this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we went into another... Which again is more thousands. Yeah, another... Actually, no. PGS is more. So you pay about 12 and a half grand for the egg retrieval like cycle. But then to do the PGS... Oh God, I think it's about $500 per embryo. I thought it was 1200 But you have to pay... You have to pay like a minimum. Um, anyway... So we, um, we, we did that egg pickup, um, and I think we got, that's right, 26 embryos. Um, no, sorry, 26 eggs. Um, which I wish was, it was 26 embryos. <laughs> I know, I wouldn't we can imagine give some out that. for free. I know, I'd be throwing them at people. 26 eggs, um, which was cool. Once again, the next day to get the call to see how many had fertilized. What do you know? It was nine every time. Nine, nine, nine. Um, and we were really lucky. We, yeah, well, I thought we were lucky. We got five um, to day five, which was really cool. Um, so we did a fresh transfer and we were able to freeze four of those. And four of those were able to be sent off. Um, sorry, four out of three out of the four were able to to be um, biopsied for the PGS. So... I think I remember that being kind of a win. I yeah, suppose. we thought that was pretty cool. I think... Yeah. So many, 
Yeah. I've locked all these memories away in a vault that I, know, I just don't hard. think about anymore. It's hard to bring it back up and start talking it's, about it. It really was a tough time. Yeah. So the fresh transfer, um, once again, started bleeding, I think on day seven or eight. I'm pretty sure I went in early for bloods. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah it I was think... a, another big fat, fat negative. Hang on. This oh. is when we hit rock bottom. Is so this, this, this was, was this, hang on. This was a PGS embryo. No, no, no. It was just a fresh untested. Yeah. Right. So this we is had, when. Sorry. We had PGS embryos. We, they'd ice. been sent off. Right. We were waiting for the results. Okay. Yeah. This is when we hit rock bottom and... We got mega drunk. We did. We we actually booked a weekend just here on the Gold Coast. We stayed at a really awesome hotel. We had very expensive meals out. We did a two-hour lunch with bottomless Moet mm. and it was bloody great. It was um, fun. But I mean, but underneath it all, you know, there's like that sadness. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, don't, don't get offended here, you know... Um, physically, like Simone, you'd, you'd sort of gained a lot of weight. Oh yeah, from the steroids, you know? and um, you from the injections. You oh. were not, you were not vibing. You were not, you were no. not vibing yourself. No, and definitely I, um, not. Remember running off into the the Ripley's thing to go and touch the fertility statue to rub the fertility oh, yeah, belly. Oh yeah, God, we were just <laughs> doing anything. Clutching its shores. We would do anything. Um, however, I think a few days after getting that phone call to say we weren't pregnant, and after our little weekend bender we did get some good news to say that the three of those embryos that were sent away um to be tested actually came back normal so we had three out of three normal in the um, freezer plus another non-tested embryo so we were like okay wow that's pretty cool to have three for three it was probably the first good news we'd had in a long time yeah Seriously yeah. though. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. So we um, got ready for our eighth transfer. Yep. Um, so it was this so was, many eight. Like, oh, I, feel I, like I don't know. What, they all roll into one. Like it just. I don't know yeah. how many other people have gone through, but I felt that we did a lot of, you know, because yeah. there, were, there were other. And the, the heartbreaking thing is uh, we had other friends yeah. who just, just got pregnant naturally. Yeah. And. And then there were other people doing IVF, getting pregnant. And yeah. we were these people that just kept getting knocked back. We were back, still waiting. Back. Yeah. And, and like to get eight times down, I just remember being like, this is shit. Yeah. It was so bad. You definitely hit your rock bottom just before this transfer. You you didn't show a lot of emotion throughout, throughout infertility, infertility journey. I don't know I'm if nearly it's, a robot. Yeah. I don't know if it's because you've maybe felt like you just had to be the strong one for me or I don't know whether that's just, that's just you. I think you just lock just it away. You. I'm sure yeah, it, it'll, but if there's is, any other blokes listening, yeah. they will know what it's like. Yeah. But you, you really, you really hit your, your, yeah, your rock bottom here. Anyway, we just had to keep going because we got the good news about the, um, the PGS result and we thought, okay, this is our first time going in to a transfer with a PGS embryo. We're going to do that full immune protocol with all of those drugs, um, injections, infusions. Plus we'd done the LMIT, you know, a few months before and that actually lasts six months. Oh, sorry. I didn't even say we had to go to Melbourne twice. I thought it was for, three times. No, no, yep. twice for that treatment a month apart before we could start mm. doing these um, transfers. We became pretty familiar I with forgot. the bakeries in St. Oh, Kilda. yes. Yeah, yeah. I think we looked a lot at the bakeries, but then finally after a few visits, we... We had some nice macarons. Yes. Some nice glasses yeah. of wine. Anyways, let's get into our eighth transfer. No, let's talk about the macarons. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, so, all very straightforward. Um, and we had our first... PGS embryo, which was really cool. I I think um, we were a bit more hopeful because we could because by this point we knew that they were like verified. I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, and uh, oh, I mean, also doing just as a side note, <clears throat> doing the PGS testing is kind of it's risky, right? Because they can be destroyed. They may not survive the uh, the thawing process. Mm. They may not survive the refreezing process, and it's just like. Another thing we're like, oh, I guess I'll share that for some yeah. coin, 
for these things which may get destroyed and this is so like i just remember being like oh shit it's so risky yeah and um but anyway yeah we i remember doing the first pgs one and we were just like this has got to be it yeah because surely like we've ticked all the boxes yeah. like what else we were like what else? what else but in the back of my mind i was even gearing up for okay if this one doesn't work we'll have to go back to melbourne for another lmit um it's okay like we've still got another um, couple of PGS embryos in the freezer, da, da, da. and you're always in the back of your mind. You're like, it's okay if this doesn't work. This we'll do this or we'll do this. Um, so the day came of having my bloods done on 11 days post the transfer. Um, I think I actually took the day off work because I just felt so sick about it, and I just needed someone there with me I think um, yeah I, I remember all I was there so I went in really early to get my bloods done because the earlier you go the earlier they call you usually um and yeah I just I can't remember what show we were watching it was something silly and funny oh um no I can't remember now oh, Chris yeah. Lilly um oh, the, the whatever that yeah one. anyway so I remember watching that show waiting for the phone call and I just felt so sick. Like just, you just feel so, and waiting, there's just so and many waiting. nerves just waiting for this phone call. Um, anyway, I think I actually, the, my phone rung and I missed the call and I said, just do it. They've called me. And he was like, okay, well, let's call them back. And I just felt so sick. Yeah, it was, um, I remember, yeah, you could nearly, couldn't even talk. Yeah. Remember, I remember and barely couldn't even tell him your name and you yes. were so nervous. Like I, and oh, you were like, I can't do it. I can't call. And I, I threw can't call. my phone. I yeah. think she'd uh, she asked me for my just to verify my name and date of birth, and I just threw the phone, and I just said to Stuart, I can't do this. I can't do this. And anyway, Stuart managed. I'm pretty picked, sure. I, yeah, I picked the phone. Picked up and the I was phone like, back you have up. To do it. And I and I in my mind, I could tell like her. So this is the eighth time I've had this phone call, and her tone of voice was slightly different to the other seven phone calls. So it's like in my head, she just wanted me to tell her my name and date of birth. So she could tell me that I was pregnant. So anyway, I finally, I'll get the feels now. Yes. I finally said my full name and date of birth. Yeah. You blurted it out. She just, just I was so quick. It was like, yeah, but it took a while. Yeah. And she just said, Congratulations, you no, were pregnant. She said, I remember. Oh, what did she say? She went, <laughs> you blurted it out and you hadn't even really finished. And she just went, Simone, you're pregnant. That's, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah, I just. You lost it. Lost it. I remember. Yeah, it was and huge, I, big tears. We yeah. were hugging each other and beside ourselves. Yeah. Really? So. I went. I went weak at the knees, like I couldn't even feel my legs and just kept saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I think our fertility nurse was just a bit kind of... She was probably crying too. I know, I know. And anyway, we got off the phone and I just had to have a shower. I was like, I'm just so, yeah, I just, I need to just, yeah, Such an emotional release, remember? Yeah, yeah. It's huge, like weight off the shoulders and... um. Yeah, probably I've never seen you so emotional, I suppose. Probably yeah. not up not up until then, you know. Yeah, well, I think Such because a create, that was I've few. never seen a positive pregnancy test. No one's ever told me I was pregnant. Sorry, the and cat's it was eating just out of the fry pan. To go th- <laughs> <laughs> just to go through that and then to finally someone say, hey, you're pregnant. You just, yeah, wow. So I remember we left the house and we decided to get out of the house um, oh, think, that's right. Because at the time, my brother was living with us, and we didn't want to tell oh, yeah, him. Yeah, he was at work, and wasn't we he? thought, no, was he, he was home for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, we thought, no, we've just got to get out of the house. Mm. So we went to a shopping center and just walked around, and I just could not wipe the smile off my face. I was just so excited, um, and just couldn't couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, and I think we slowly over those coming days just told a couple of close family members and maybe a couple of friends that were following our IVF journey that we I did get told you, that positive we had a, result. You had other friends who were doing it. Yeah. And so, so I did we told tell them a and we told, them. it wasn't the next day, whatever it was, we ended up telling 
Uh, oh, I remember when we told my parents. Yeah. Oh, because um, it was, was it Mother's it Day? It was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day, yeah. It was Mother's Day and uh, I called, so my my lovely sister, shout out, uh, yep, to the world. Um, <laughs> she was at my parents' house and I rang up mum for Mother's Day and we were on speakerphone and like everyone sort of knew that we were doing another cycle and anyway, I said, oh, happy Mother's Day mum and uh, I said, oh, I can't remember what I said, but... I said, well, maybe someone else is about to be your mother. And I said, Simone is pregnant. And my mum and my sister um, like, were so overjoyed and couldn't believe it. And dad was in tears and everyone was crying. And they were just so amazed and so happy. And I just remember it just went from zero to 100 really quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Definitely. They were all like just so happy and so overjoyed. And they went straight to tears. You know, they yeah. couldn't even talk. I think because our, our close family members and friends were with us the whole way, we were very open with our infertility journey um, and often gave people updates. Yeah. So to finally share this news um, was just indescribable. Like yeah, it, it was, was good. just amazing. It was really good. Um, so that was. Yeah, May 2019. Um, yeah, so we were really lucky that pregnancy progressed. Um, oh, that's right, because then to... the waiting period, because there's that, there's that sort of 11 or 12 day period, whatever it Weeks, is. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, fucking hell. Yeah. Remember that? But I was really lucky. Um, I had a seven-week scan with the fertility specialist and heard a heartbeat and everything was measuring fine. Had a nine-week oh, yeah. scan with him. Um, everything was fine. That, had I remember kept, the hearing the heartbeat. I think yeah. that that struck a chord with me that because was cool. I was like, "It's real now." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from the fertility specialist um, after nine weeks, um, but I kept going with all of the crazy medications um, until twelve weeks. And my GP referred me to the local um, hospital here on the Gold Coast. And yeah, um, that pregnancy continued and we had a beautiful little girl. Yep. Um, we did. The, you know, a little angel, our daughter, uh, her name is Genevieve. And uh, she is the light of our life. You know, was and still is. Um, uh, yeah, no, she she was born in January 2020. Yeah, and which was awesome and amazing. It was. We yeah. should do another show about the birth story because that's we oh, could talk about. No, that that's for that's that's for another podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Not that's for our podcast. <laughs> oh, anyway, well, nonetheless, no, it was amazing. So Genevieve came into the world. Uh, it was a bit chaotic there towards the end but she did come into the world and she was completely healthy and we didn't we chose not to find that find out the gender of uh of her because you know a good mate of mine i was really big on it remember that yes yeah you wanted to know yeah, yeah before i, was, we got I was really big on it and then uh a, a good mate of mine said hey hey man you know in in the modern world how many surprises are there? Are there left really? You know, like you see some something on Facebook and you, oh yeah, whatever. And I thought, you know, how true? How many real surprises? When's the last time you had a real surprise? And so, yeah, we just we just kept going and didn't find out until the day, and it was a little girl. And then it was I was just like, okay, it's a little girl. There's Genevieve. There's Genevieve, and yeah. uh, I think oh, I was kind of I was hoping my son, but <laughs> I got over that. And I absolutely love my little princess now. She's yeah. just the best. Yeah. So Genevieve was born, yeah, January 2020. So we're just going to fast forward um, a good year. So let's fast forward to January 2021. Um, that's when we decided we would like to have another baby and try for um baby number two so oh no that's right sorry we did see um our fertility specialist um a couple of months prior to that so november 2020 just to touch base and see what the plans were 
And he was like, look, we'll just do exactly what you did last time because we know that's what worked. And we had to get ourselves to Melbourne again um, for the LMIT. Because it, like, it, it ran out, hey? Yes. It lapsed its window. Yeah. So the borders, I think at that time, had just opened. Was this the COVID times? Yeah. Yeah. So we decided, I'm okay, to think about it because let's, let's go and see. Let's go to Melbourne in January 2021. And, and Melbourne was like Melbourne later. was like the red zone, wasn't it? Yes. So it was so back and forth in terms of could we go, couldn't we go? If we went, That's did right. we need a pass? I remember now because did we need to te- yeah. did we need to get a test? Did we need to do this? Did we need to get that? I remember just being. Remember how like we just didn't know if we could make it down. Yeah. And we were like, we're just gonna do it if yeah. we can do it. And uh, like the stars aligned, and we just. Yeah. We just had, yeah, obviously the opportunity got presented itself and we went there. But yeah. I remember getting off the plane and it was because I'd done a couple of COVID sort of things, you know, Through rotations work. with, yeah, with work and army and that. So I knew what to expect at the airport, but it was like a biohazard zone. Dudes came up in, in white suits and gloves and face yeah. masks and it was all deserted. And we yeah. were like, oh shit, man. Because yeah. Melbourne was like, the, the bloody red zone yeah but Sorry we just knew people, that we but, yeah. we just had to get it done because we knew that's just what helped us and, and what yeah. worked so we went down the first trip um and did that treatment um and then the second trip in february we managed we got down there and i remember sitting on the train ready like heading back to go and have my treatment after you'd had the bloods done and I remember looking on my phone and they're like, Melbourne is going into a snap lockdown from 5 p.m. or midnight or something that night. And I just thought, oh, my God, let's get this treatment done. Get me on that plane and get me the hell out of here back to Queensland. And, yeah, we were just so lucky that we, we managed to get that just, treatment yeah, done on that day. Because from the following day, if you were coming back into Queensland from Victoria, you you weren't allowed. You had to quarantine and blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, we were lucky to get the LMIT done. And we did a um, embryo transfer sort of towards the end of March. Um, with one of our PGS embryos. Yeah, one of the remaining ones. Yeah, yeah. And they were, we were like, yeah, we got eggs on ice. Yeah, yeah, so we were kind of feeling, yeah, we thought this should should work. Same thing as last time, but if not, it's okay. We've still got a couple of... I think of, we were a lot more confident this time. Oh, yeah, but we were sort of like, you don't think so much about it because you already have a baby. So you're a bit more chill. Like you want it, but you're a bit more chill. Um, we'd yeah, been through it I, all before yeah and I think because we had done we sort of knew all of the issues and the treatment plan so we thought surely nothing else is going to come up and we just know what to do and how to combat it and had what treatment plan to, to use mm. so I remember you went away um, we did the transfer and remember you oh, were away. I, I went to Sydney. I was yes. in Sydney for like eight and a half weeks for some training for work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I remember speaking to sort of my boss down there in Sydney and being like, hey, look, mate, um, you know, I, I, I might be getting a phone call today and I'll, I'll either be really happy uh, or I'll be like pretty depressed and I'm going to have some family issues. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I think it got to day eight and I had some spotting, not bleeding, just spotting. And I was like, nah, I just knew I was like, nah, this has not worked. Like if I've got a bit of spotting, yeah. like nah, you called and me I just and you, knew, and, yeah, I was like, you nah, like, nah, it hasn't nah. worked, whatever. Like it's fine. You were prepared. Yeah. And I think I'd, pre- and I'd prepared, I'd talk myself into it and I told Stuart, and I ended up going and getting bloods, I think a day early because I'm like, let's just get this over and done with. And I think it was about to be a, lo- a long weekend, the Easter weekend. And I thought, no, nah, we'll just go and do this, get it done. Like whatever, it's fine. We'll do another transfer the following month. It's all good. Went and had the bloods done. And a few hours, I was waiting till probably lunchtime and I had a missed call from the fertility clinic 
called them back. And then by the time I got a phone call, I think it was 4.30 in the afternoon. So I'd waited all day. You were out doing the shopping, weren't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'd waited all day for this phone call. And I did not test. I did not pee on a stick, so I had no idea if it was positive or negative. But I thought surely it was negative. I remember a lot of those tests, though. No, there was only this is previous. To no, that. there was only one cycle that I tested. You're probably thinking of when I was pregnant with Genevieve, oh, okay. and I did heaps of pregnancy yeah, tests, right. and I probably had seven. I was like, stop. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, you're pregnant. Yeah, like, get it. <laughs> Anyways, um, got a. Finally got on, the nurse had called me back and I was not rude, but I was just very blunt because I knew she was just going to say, Hey, you're not pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And she said to me, Hey, can you just tell me your name and date of birth? And I did. And she just said, um, so would you like to hear some results? And I thought, Oh, that's a very weird way to tell someone they're not pregnant. So she just said, um, Oh, yeah, you're pregnant and um, went on to tell me my HCG levels and progesterone levels. And I just thought, I just said to her, have you got the right patient? And she said, yeah, of course I do. And I just thought, oh my God, Mm. I was not expecting this. I was having some spotting. It felt so different to my last um, positive result with my daughter and she said, oh, I hope you haven't stopped taking all of your medications. And I said, oh, no, 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 definitely not. I've still kept going, but I just was not expecting that result. So that was a bit crazy because, yeah, I got got off the phone and my nana was with me because she Weren't was... you getting the shopping out of the car at the time? <laughs> no, I was getting out of the car because I'd picked nana up because nana was there for the weekend because I had to work. Mm. So I got off the phone and my nana's looking at me saying what was, was it a, what, you know? And I said, I am pregnant and I burst into tears and yeah, I just remember ringing Stuart cause he was waiting for my phone call and I got, I had Genevieve with me on the video call and I think I held up, I remember having a book saying new baby, which I'd gotten in a bounty bag from my previous pregnancy. And I just held it up to Stuart and said, Apparently we're having another baby and we was both burst into tears and thought, wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we were really lucky the second time and, um, that pregnancy progressed and our little Max was born in November last year in 2021. Yes. So there you go. That's our, that's our story. We have our little our pigeon pair, yeah. which I didn't know was a thing until yes. we had a boy. So many people said that. So, and again, we didn't find out the gender. Uh, and I just remember being transfixed as they brought the baby out because it was a Caesar and just looking at the baby's genital area oh, yeah. and, and just, <laughs> and I was like, balls, yeah, balls. Yeah. And then Scrotum. I, yeah. And I was like, Oh, I thought to myself, I have to look at its face. It's got a face too. Yes. So, it was um, just in yeah. your face and yeah, we, we, we had a son a and we were boy. so happy and yeah. yeah. So we have two embryos left in the freezer. We also had some sperm frozen, but we, um, discarded that, um, towards the end of last year cause we just don't, we don't need, need it. it. It was just frozen as a just in case. So, I feel like I'm I'm done with having babies. I always was just happy with my two. Um, if you ask Stuart, it's a... We'll see. Yeah. But at the moment, our, our two little embryos are just going to sit in the freezer until we decide what to do with them. Um, there was a bit of discussion last year about possibly donating them, um, but we're just not sure. So at the moment, they're just going to sit there in the freezer. Costing us more money. Yes, costing us more money, but we don't care because we've got our two beautiful little babies and yep. nothing. Yeah, they're, it's just priceless. Looking back, it, the money just did not matter. No, um, and and the thing is, you know, just off. I did some quick quick maths one day, I just off my head, <laughs> and it was over fifty thousand dollars. Oh, keep you know, going like up. that's. Well, I'm saying it was over. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's a, that's an, that's a house deposit. That's a house yeah. deposit. So. Uh, we never ever sat down and work it out because it's not it's not about the money. It doesn't matter. It's it's no, just it, it's that hard. the cards yeah. we were dealt with, and we just knew that we wanted 
children and this is what we had to do and we did it. Yeah, we did. So, and it wasn't easy, but we got there in the end and we do have two beautiful, very healthy children. Uh, you know, Genevieve is such a perfect little girl and Max is, uh, he's just great too. So it looks nothing like me, but <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we'll, we'll end it there. Yeah, that fair pretty enough. pretty much covers our journey. IVF journey. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I'll throw out a closing statement. Sure. If any of the potential mums are listening in, uh, you know, if obviously they are, but if they've dragged their husbands in or partners, I just want to say to the blokes, keep your head up. Uh, if you've got fertility issues, it could be a real knock to you as you know, you think that you're a hard working red blooded Aussie male. It will hit you hard, but you can keep going. And it's, it's not your fault. Uh, it's, and it was really tough, but you can do it. You can get through it. Don't let it get you down. And it's just, all you can do is try to be supportive of your partner, I guess. And that's not easy either because you're hurting inside too. But, but that's nothing really compared to what the mums go through or potential mums. That's very true. You know, it was really tough for Simone. She's toughy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our IVF tale. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of IVF Tales. Would you like to share your tale? Click on the Survey Monkey link below, and I'll get in touch with you.